You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. You came on an extra special Sunday today because today we are kicking off a brand new series for you. And so um, really looking forward to it. We just got done with a three-week uh, series on the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, and so we're jumping into to, uh, November full swing with a, uh, uh, a series called Dreamcatcher. And, and so uh, the goal for this series is to really inspire you and, and, and to really get you to, to tap into the dreams that God has placed in your lives. And, and um, I, I'm excited about today. So if you got your Bibles, uh, the passage that we're going to be looking at uh, is in Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to start at verse 3. And it says this, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. My God, I'm 35 and we just had a baby and I'm like, that's way too old, you know, like, so he might be talking about that. Uh, So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more, <laughs> more than the rest of them. <laughs> they couldn't say a kind word to him. So clearly Jacob was horrible at pretending like he loved all his kids equally <laughs> because everyone knew that, um, that there was a favoritism going on with the brothers. So Jesus help him. Uh, this morning... I. I want to talk to you from the subject, dream delusions, and uh, we're going to pray one more time, and then we'll jump right into the message. So, Father, we love you so much. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to uh, just to come here and to, to hang out, to worship you, to give you the praise and, and all the glory that, that you deserve, and you deserve even more than, than what we're able to give. And, and so we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come here and to uh, just to just to be together as a community of, of people that are still trying to figure it out. Got a, a bunch of imperfect people, at least me, God, just hanging out and, and knowing that you love me so much. God, I pray that the word that you have for us, that it would fall on good ground. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Amen, amen. Hey, let's talk about Halloween, okay? Now, now, I, I don't want to split the church because there may be some of you in here today that you're like, hey, it's not called Halloween, it's Harvest Fest. And, and I get it. Like, if, if you're here and, in, in, like, you don't do Halloween, I get it. I was raised that way. Um, I remember when I was younger, my sister and I, we would sit up, and uh, we, we would go to our parents' room, and, um, and we, would, we would just, we would look out the window on Halloween night, or Harvest Eve, whatever you prefer, and uh, we would look out the window, and we'd watch all the little neighborhood kids going around to different houses in their costumes, and and, and getting candy, and uh, 
my sister and I were, were up in the room just, I want to go where those people go. I want to see them trick-or-treating, walking along on those, what do you call them again? Feet. <laughs> right? Like, that was me and my sister. We're like, we're like I just want to be with him. And so I remember thinking, like, man, when I have kids, I'm going to let my kids get some candy. And listen, like, we don't do it for any weird reason. We just want free candy. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so <laughs> I just split the church right now. And, um, and uh, so, so, so my kids, um, we, we, we take them out to get, to get candy. And um, this year was a very special year because my little girl, she understood the concept of going to someone's door and uh, knocking and, and, and getting candy. And, and my son, he, he, my son was just like ecstatic about doing this. Like we were like, hey, Eli, be, like hold your sister's hand. He's like dragging my little girl. <laughs> she, she had like this huge unicorn head on like that really she couldn't. And so like she can't see what's going on. My son just like dragging her along. And uh, before we went out, my son, he, he had his little bag, and he said, Daddy, my goal is to fill this bag up to the top with candy. And I was like, okay, I will help you with that. And, and so, so we, we go out, and, and for the first, like, I don't know, for the first 30, 45 minutes, my son, he's, he's just, like, filling up, dragging his sister to the next house. And it's going really good. And then eventually, uh, when, once we did like this huge loop, my son, he turns to me and he says, Daddy, my legs hurt. I want to go home. And I was like, e Eli, like your, your bag's only half full, buddy. Like we have more to go. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, okay. And so like we keep going. And then again, Daddy... I'm tired and I'm thirsty. I'm like, shut up. Let's go. No, I, didn't, I didn't say that to him. Don't judge me. <laughs> Come on. Only words of affirmation here. <laughs> and he's in. So, so, so we're taking him. And he's like, Daddy, I, I, I'm just tired. And I was like, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, this is amazing because before we started, he was so willing to fill up this, this bag that he had. He was so determined to fill up this bag that, and that all of a sudden, like, because he's tired, because he's thirsty, because he doesn't feel good, but whatever excuse, like my son's drama, like, I think he gets it from my wife. And so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm drama. <laughs> and, and so, so uh, I, I was thinking like just like how he was so ready to uh, fill this bag up. And then all of a sudden, he was just kind of like, I'm over it. I'm too tired. I'm thirsty. And I begin to think about that, begin to think about this momentum and excitement that happens at the very beginning of whatever it is you're doing and how it's very easy 
to as you go through the motions, as you go through the process, to begin to look at that thing that was supposed to be a blessing, but then begin to look at it as a burden. And then I begin to think how similar that is when it comes to the dream that God has placed in our hearts. Now, let, let me take a pause real quick, and, and let me let you understand this, that no matter where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, so maybe you're here this morning, and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we're glad you're here. Or, or maybe you're on this spectrum, and, and you're here, and you've just loved Jesus forever, and you're, you've, you've been a Christian forever. Like, no matter where you are on this spectrum, I believe that God has placed a dream in your heart. He has placed a dream in your spirit. And that if we are not careful, it's very easy to begin to look at the dream that God has placed in our heart and begin to look at it as a burden rather than a blessing. And so this, this entire series, specifically this morning, is this journey that I want us to take, to, that I want to take us on and to look at how do we prevent ourselves from looking or from seeing the dream that God has given us, and how do we remove the burden from it and help us to see the blessing in it? And then that's kind of like the big idea uh, this morning that, that I want us uh, to look at. And today, specifically, what I want us to do is, is to really just remove two delusions that I believe uh, is that, that we that we have when it comes to the dream or dreams that God has placed in our hearts. And I think if there was ever a person to look at the power of the dream and, and the potential of the dream and the heartaches of the dream, I think it's our friend Joseph that we read about at the very beginning. I love how the story of Joseph, it starts off with, with it saying that Joseph was his daddy's favorite. Joseph was his dad's favorite. Joseph, or Jacob, gave Joseph this special gift. And, and it's like the very beginning of the story, it, it's kind of set up in the same way that uh, a lot of our dreams start. Like this just amazing good news. I'm my daddy's favorite. He's given me a robe. It's time for the little bluebirds to start ch chirping and skippity-doo-dah, right? Like that's, like that's the dream, and that's how it always starts. But I think that within the journey of the dream, there are some delusions that, that, that we, that come up. And, and this morning, what I want us to do is spend the next remaining time really removing those things so that you can understand and, and help you reach the dream that God has placed in your heart. And I think the best way to do it is to really look at the dream that God has placed in my heart with discovery. See, what you don't understand, or maybe you do understand, is that you're sitting in a dream. There was a dream that God had planted seven years ago in my heart and in my wife's heart. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the dream through the lens of, of the dream that God has placed in my heart. And I hope that it encourages you this morning. And I hope that you leave here being like, yeah, I got a dream. Let's go. Right? Like, so that's my goal uh, this morning. And so the first delusion that I want us to, to just really remove 
or to rethink is, is this. Number one, your dream is a destination. Your dream is a destination. I think one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest um, beliefs that the enemy can plant in your heart and in your mind is this idea that your dream is a destination. I'll say that again. I, I think that the, one of the greatest um, beliefs or ideas that the, that the enemy could ever place in your mind is, is to think and to view your dream as a destination. And so we say things like this, my dream is to one day get that job, or my dream is one day to have, to find this person, or my dream is to one day have this house, and, and, or my dream is to one day drive this car, and what we do is that we, we make our dreams seem as a destination. And this idea that my dream is not fulfilled until I reach that destination. And I think that the, the, the fact that the enemy would have us see our dreams as a destination is brilliant on his behalf. Because as long as we see our dreams as a destination, we will always feel frustrated. We will always feel unfulfilled. We will always feel um, uh, just, just so just, ah, when am I going to get there? When our dreams are seen through the lens of a destination. Because all of a sudden we see it, our dream is over there and there's this distance between me and the dream. And when you see that there's a distance between me and the dream, it's very easy to just become, mm, this ain't never going to happen. I've been at this for a long time. Come on, has anyone ever said that? I've been working way hard and it's not, nothing is happening. And it's very easy to see our dreams as a destination. But, but could I propose to you this morning that your dream, whatever dream that God has placed in your heart, can I propose to you that, that the dream is not just made up of the destination, but also the journey? And I think that when you could begin to see the dream that God has placed in your heart, not just as the destination, not just as the final landing spot, but you also see the dream as the journey. It begins to take away this idea of I will never reach it. Because when you understand that your dream is a journey, you can say, man, I'm living the dream right now. And it's a mind shift. It's, 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 it's switching the way that we see the dream that God has placed in our hearts. And I know that it's hard. Like, and next week we're talking about how to dream in the dark, because I think some of us, myself included, we've, uh, we, we have these dreams, but we're, we're finding ourselves in a dark place right now. Because we're like, we're, like Joseph, we're in that pit, and we, 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 we're like, if this is the dream, why am I in here? And so don't miss next week, teaser, it's going to be good. We're going to look about how we dream in the dark. 
But, but for right now, it's, it's, we, we, we have to begin to see that our destiny, or excuse me, that our dream is not found just in the destination, but also the journey. And when you see that your dream is not just the destination, but also the journey, your dream doesn't seem that far off. Because no longer is your dream over there, but you're in the dream. You're walking it out. And what I love about this is a lot of us, we've experienced this pursuing of the dream that God has placed in our hearts, whatever it is. And it's very easy, at least for me, where I feel like the enemy would discourage me and be like, you're so far away. You ain't never going to make it. Do you realize how hard that's going to be? Like, look where you're at. Look where you're trying to go. But I love that the seed never looks like the harvest. That the seed never looks like the harvest. So whatever the dream is, though, you, though it's now, now that it's a journey, that it may, the dream may not look like the way that you thought it would look. It may not be experiencing it the way that you thought you'd experience. It may not be unfolding the way that you thought it was unfolding. But as long as you know that the dream is not just the destination, but also the journey, anytime the enemy's like, you're never going to make it, you're going to be like, shut up. Because I'm living it right now. This is the dream. You're living the dream. Well, it doesn't look like what I'll, you're living the dream. This is a dream. Joseph was 37 when his dream was actually fulfilled. He was 17 when God planted that dream in his heart. Thirty-seven, seventeen. He reached the dream right here, but the dream started right here. And the dream was everything that he went through to get to that moment. Listen, you're living the dream. Whatever you're going through right now, you're living the dream. It's taken long for me to really understand this idea that I'm living the dream because you, you got to understand a little bit about the journey that, that I've been on as far as starting Discovery. You see, at the age of three, um, my pastor said, he, he said that you're called to be a pastor at the age of three. At the age of 16, I, I was at a men's conference and I was at that spot in my life where I felt like I don't know what I want God to do in my life. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't even know if I have a purpose. I remember I left the men's conference. I went back to our cabin. I was in the bathroom. <laughs> Come on, TMI. And, and I remember sitting there. <laughs> oh 
saying, God, if you don't speak to me, I'm done with this Christianity thing. I go back to the conference where the, the speaker is speaking, and all of a sudden he stops dead in the middle, and he says, hey, you back there. I'm like, he came up, or he told me to come up, and he said, God is going to use you to reach students. Okay, so, so 3-16, 22, I was in college, and uh, we were on a seven-day fast, right? Like, yay, fast. No one, everyone's like, Seven-day fast, <clears throat> and, um, and, and I was in the prayer room. I went to seminary, Bible college, and so they had this designated prayer room place. I, I was in, um, in there, I was praying, I was on my knees, I was praying, like, God, I, I don't know what to do. Again, I forgot, like the seed was planted at three, here I am, 22. I'm like, God, I don't know what, what, what you're wanting me to do with my life. He, he gave me um, what I believe was a vision. He showed me three things. He, he showed me, it, the first thing was a green chalkboard with like algebra or something. I don't know what it was. I graduated pre-algebra, come on. And, um, and on the board, there was a caution tape on there. I was like, okay. Then he showed me a third thing. It was a stage. It was like an amphitheater stage, and there was uh, uh, the wired fence right in front of the stage. And then he showed me people. And there was no caution tape on there. There was no fence blocking it. See, what you got to understand is that I was trying to, I was trying to become a counselor. That was, my, that was my goal. Being a pastor was not my goal. Sorry. Um, and then I was also trying to do music. And, and I felt like in those three things, God was saying, it's not going to be education that's going to get you to where I want you to. It's, it's not this, um, this prof profess pro profession of music. I said that wrong. Profession? No, profession. Of music that's going to get you there. This is what I have for you. And he showed me people. So 3, 16, 22. Okay? That's a journey. Right? At the age of 30, we, uh, right, it was a Thursday right before we had our first launch service in February. And um, God began to, like, it was, they were praying for us, our covering church, the Father's house. They were praying for us. And they said, they said this over, over, over Discovery, the church that we were about to start. They said that you are going to send a shockwave throughout Sonoma County in the way that you do ministry. And so, so here, here's what I'm trying to, to, to get you to understand. Is that when you have all this leading up to one moment, you automatically begin to think, okay, so it's leading me up to one moment. Point, one point in time where, where I can see a church of, of, of hundreds and thousands of people that are loving Jesus. And it's very easy that when you see the dream as a destination, that you look at where you're at and to say, man, I'm not there yet. And I begin to look at where I knew God was going to have us, and I begin to look at where we are. And I begin to say to myself, God, what's going on? Like, this is not the dream, God. And then I had the enemy 
you're doing something wrong. You're not the one to, to, to do what, it was, it was not you. This was not God's plan. And it's very easy to look at that and be like, man, maybe I'm not called for the dream. And in that moment, I felt like God was saying the dream is not a destination, it's a journey. And when I could understand that I am living the dream right now, I can now experience and appreciate everything that's going on currently while still looking forward to what's ahead. Listen, this morning I want you to understand to enjoy and live in the moment right now. It may not look like how you thought it was supposed to look like, but you're living the dream. You're living the dream. So delusion number one. My dream is a destination. My dream is a destination. Number two, delusion number two is this. My dream benefits me. My dream benefits me. Now, before we go any further, I think it's very important to understand the difference between a good dream and a God dream. John Bevere, he wrote this amazing book called Good or God. And in it, we understand James 1, 7, that all good and perfect things come from above. And so we know that all good things are God, but not all good things are God's will for you. And so how do we decipher if it's a good dream or if it's a God dream? And there's two ways that, that I believe that can help you and help me decipher between a good dream or a God dream. Because I want good dreams, but I also want a God dream. Come on. And here it is. Here, here are the two things. How, what makes up a God dream? The first one is the magnitude of the dream. The magnitude of the dream. If the dream that God has placed in your heart does not freak you out, then it may not be a God dream. If the dream that God has placed in your heart makes you think that you can do it all by yourself and get there all by yourself, it's probably not a good dream, God dream. It might be a good dream, but it's not a God dream. Why? Because we serve a big God who has big dreams for you. God dream. So the first one, the magnitude of the dream, and the second one, and this is what we're going to focus on, and, and then we're going to close, is this. The mission of the dream. The mission of the dream. See, the story that we're looking at today, Joseph, we read in, in 37 verse 7, it says, we were out in the field. So this is Joseph. He's telling his brothers about the dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Now that word grain is very important. <laughs> Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Okay, so clearly all the brothers heard was your grain is going to bow down to mine. Well, how do you know that, John? Because in verse 8, check out their response. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. See, there had to have been something in Joseph's voice that made the brothers, the only thing that they heard was you are going to be king over us, that we're going to bow down to you. There had to have been something in 
Joseph's tone that got the brothers to respond the way that they did? How do you know? Well, Joseph was 17. Yo, you're going to bow down. <laughs> it's a dream that I had. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. That's, but that's what's going to happen. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. But, but here's what I want us to understand is that the dream was never intended to build a, a mentality of superiority. So the dream was never intended for Joseph to build up who he was. Like the dream was never for Joseph to, to, the dream was never to make it seem like Joseph was better than his brothers. Like this was all for Joseph. But rather the whole point of the dream was so that he could provide for his family later on. See, what you need to understand about a God dream is the mission of the dream. And the mission of the dream of whatever God has placed in your heart, it was never meant to just benefit you. Like the dream that God has placed in your heart was never meant for you to be elevated. For people to look at you and, to, and, and for, for you to be like, hey, I'm up here, y'all are down there. I have this, you guys don't have it. The whole point of a God-given dream is so that you can make a difference in someone else's life. That's always what it's been. And we look at the story of, of, of Joseph and we fast forward to chapter 41. And in chapter 41, there's a famine that's happening in the land. And Jacob, Joseph's father, said uh, to his other sons, he's like, hey guys, I need you to go to Egypt to get some grain. Rewind to chapter 37. Joseph said, I have a dream of grain. And there, or in my dream, there was grain. But it's amazing how they only, they, they didn't even look at that part. They only got the, the part of me being elevated. Listen, the dream. The dream is for you and me to make a difference in someone else's life. It's always been the dream. When we started Discovery, it was always the dream that we would be a place that was not so concerned about me, me, me. But we would always be concerned about people who, who don't know Jesus yet, people who are running hopeless, people who were needing to be loved, people who, who, uh, who were of different faiths and religions to come and experience the love of Jesus. It's never been about us. And that's one way I know that this was a God dream. And so what I want to do in the last moments together, and, and I promise we'll end on time, is I want uh, to, inv because I think it helps when you see that this was never about me. It's really not really about you either. It's about for those who aren't here yet. And, and I want to, I want you to hear a story of, of, of my friend who, uh, he, he started coming, I think it's three weeks, this is his third, fourth week. Um, and so Trevor, you want to come up here, bro? Can we just give Trevor a hand and...
And so I, I asked him, uh, he shared, we have, uh, we did a small, I went to one small group with him, and uh, he shared his story of how we got here, and he told me that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, people need to hear this. And so, go ahead, bro. All right, um, I'm Trevor, if you don't know me. Um, sorry if I get a little emotional, just bear with me. Um, so I grew up going to church, like, you know, most kids. You can go to church and pretend that you believe in God, but I've had experiences where I know God has a plan for me. He's helped me. See, at the age of four, my mom had a brain tumor. Goes into surgery, 50-50 chance. She dies on the operating table five times. For some reason, God brought her back every single time. See, I knew that God saved my mom for years down the road. <sighs> At the age of 12, my father passed away. Freak accident, whitewater rafting accident. But my dad died a hero. He saved four people from drowning. But they just couldn't save him. So I was mad at God for years, you know. You took my dad away. You took my best friend away from me. I was mad at God, went into a deep, deep depression, just the worst of the worst. See, my mom struggles with alcoholism. She's a recovering alcoholic. I was mad at God, and at 15, I was away, and my mom, on her way home from work, grabs a bottle, drinks, crashes her car. Two times in her life where the doctors and the police had no idea, like, she should have been dead. Just, she should have been dead. So, when that happened, I knew that God saved her for me. And so, I was still mad at God, but not as, right? My cousin moved down here, ran a youth group tried going to church. I wanted to forgive him. I really wanted to, but I didn't have that reason to, right? Until I'm at work one day, probably a month ago, something like that. Mike comes into my work. Random dude. I was like, oh, I like your tattoos, blah, blah, blah. We get into a conversation. He's like, yeah, you know, I go to this church called Discovery and it's a total casual church. And it's what I wanted because I don't like being preached at. I like to learn. And that's what John does is he teaches us about everything rather than preaching it at us. And so I think about it. I talk to my mom. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to this church. Four weeks ago was my first day. Everyone was so kind and welcoming. 
loved it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the following one. Loved it. Following, loved it. Now here I am. What I love is that the first Sunday he comes, or he told me this the second week. He's like, man, last week at the end of the experience, I was just bawling like I don't know what was happening. And uh, I wanted him to share this story because the dream is never just for your benefit. Whatever dream that God has placed in your heart is to impact those around you. Listen, you're living the dream. Here we are at Discovery, and this is part of the dream right here. Like, you're not here by accident. God placed a dream for the city of Roner Park, and guess what the answer was? This. So that people like Trevor, who was like, God took my God, my God took my dad. I'm so mad at him. So mad at God to, to come by someone just going to his work. Like that's crazy. Not preaching at him, not leading him down the Romans road or some of you are like, what is the Romans road? Like, by having tattoos. <laughs> Come on. And so that one day he came and he experienced and encountered something. And he was searching. to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.